Welcome to Women of Fortitude with Rondi Jane and Kelty. The definition of fortitude is courage in pain or adversity. We created this platform so that women can share their stories in hopes that we can inspire other women. And to remind women that every woman is a woman of fortitude. to enter season three yay so we are so excited to enter a new season but before we do i'd like to take a reflection time on season two we started our season with my mother-in-law miss betty rogers and her story i've gotten so much positive feedback from her story and she was just so genuine, and I learned a lot from her. I always learn. Every conversation I have with her, I always learn something new. So it was such a blessing to have her and hear her story. It was just awesome. Yes, and I just have to say, I love her attitude towards life. Yes. Like, it happens. It's a bump in the road, and we move past it. She's always had that attitude since I've known her, just... Stuff happens. You just got to let it go and keep going. And I feel like, you know, there was a time in my life when I could not do that. So I feel like she was talking to that girl. Like, <laughs> don't get, don't be so tight. Just get over it and keep going. And I feel like I've come into that the older I get. And next we had Miss Carrie Jones who shared her story. And I just am amazed at her and her ability to overcome her addictions and just be that mom that she wants to be and be that wife that she wants to be and be that person that she wants to be. And I hope that in my life I have that courage to just be who I want to be and what I want to be and not be held back by things of my past. Then Miss Wanda Danes came and shared her story and I've always enjoyed being around her. One takeaway that I got from her, her son told her the song that summed her up was Mama Raised the Hell Out of Me. (laughs) And I looked it up, and it really is the sweetest song and does sum her up. So I want to just share with you the chorus. Five foot five, full of grace, full of pride. She saw me coming a mile away. So far from heaven, no chance I would get in. She didn't see me that way. Oh, the devil only knows the sinner I would be, but Mama raised the hell out of me. Yeah, Mama (laughs) raised the hell out of me. And I think about her boys and her, and that just fits her perfectly. (laughs) I just, I love it. That is the sweetest song. Oh, I love that. And I enjoyed her story of how God just had his hand on her and her boys and all the obstacles they overcame. And then... We had my favorite Brantley. Mm -hmm. I used to tell him he was my favorite six-year-old Brantley or seven-year-old Brantley, but now he's just my favorite Brantley, period. I learn something from Brantley every time I'm around him, whether it be some trivial fact that I didn't know or just how brave and smart he is. And I thought it was very funny that he diagnosed me with um, autism or ADHD or ADD or something. (laughs) Seriously, from him, I always see the courage. The mom behind him telling him, you can do hard things. 
he just pushes through it anyway. And I just love his bravery and his intellectualness and his honesty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't want to know, don't ask him. <laughs> he might tell you anyway, though. <laughs> then we had Miss Michelle Montgomery. Her story was so inspiring. And I loved how she kept saying, all right, this is my journey. Don't use this as a guide. This is how God got me through it. And that's one thing that we can use as our guide is God. Lean on God to guide you through your journey, wherever you need help in life. And I love that she just kept referencing that. Like, this is my journey with God. You have your own journey with God. But she was very inspiring. I loved it. I feel like she, with her comments like that about the, this is my story, she kind of embodied what we want this whole podcast to be about, is that everybody has their own journey and their own way to get through it. Mm -hmm. And we we just want you to know that you're not alone, Mm -hmm. that everybody has a journey. It may not be the same as yours, and the solution may not be the same, but there's that journey. All right, next we had Miss Kelly Wicks. Gosh, I just... She just amazes me. Every time I talk to her, she just amazes me. Even from the time she was a teenager, she's just so level-headed and so smart. And her daughter is, she called her strong-willed. I guess she is, but she's just a child. And I love her. I love that child. I love her personality. And I love how Kelly lets her be herself. Mm -hmm. And lets her explore her personality and be who she wants to be. And I love how Kelly talked about raising her in a godly way and loving her like Jesus loves us. And I also want to throw out there Kelly. Her husband and her sister will be at Golden Hill Methodist Church September 26th at 6.30. She's going to be speaking, and they're all going to be sharing some music, and it's going to be awesome. Then, we had Miss Brandy Abbott come and join us, and I had such a good time with her. She, oh my goodness, she just has a presence about her that just makes you think, this is what God means when he says you should be holy. Like, she just embodies a holy spirit about her. She is just so calming and I just love her spirit and you know that she has a heart for Jesus just by the way that she her tone and her words like Jesus just walks all over her life and I love it and I love her big heart for children and teenagers and I loved her bravery to speak up about her past marriage and her willingness to say hey My life has not always been perfect. I have messed up, but I serve a God that redeemed me. And her story is just as beautiful. And most recently, we had Miss Connie Kelly. I have loved Connie for a long time. During that time, I have seen how she lets God lead her life. Even before her cancer diagnosis, God was in her life. Through her, I also see bravery a dedication to Christ that it just kind of makes me envious because I'm sure she struggled during her bout with cancer, but 
she didn't show it a whole lot. She worked the whole time. Of course, she did, you know, have a little seclusion time where she had an office where she wasn't around everybody. But she continued to work, and she continued to be there for her kids and her coworkers and her spouse. And when I asked her about doing the podcast, it was, yes, I will do it, but I want it to be God's story and not my story. I want to preface our topic today by saying if you have little ears around you, you may want to stop here and listen to this one on your own, depending on the age of your kids. You may not want them to hear this. And I'll just go ahead and say our topic is pornography addiction. And this was a hard one to decide on. It's not something that I really want to talk about. But then my husband reminded me, like, that's why it's such an issue, because people don't want to talk about it. So I think it's important that we dig in and address those tough topics that we don't want to talk about. Yes. All right, so let's get into it. Okay, well, today I want to start by telling you a story. Imagine with me, if you will, a young family, a mom, a dad, a son, and a daughter, the son is maybe 13 or 14 and the daughter is 7 or 8. And it's the Christmas season and they have spent the whole day decorating the house together. They've got the tree up and glowing with lights. The kids have spent all day picking out ornaments and putting them on the tree. And to the mom, it has been the best day ever. And to end the day, they're going to go look at Christmas lights. Uh, it's a local place. It has tons of lights and blow-up yard decorations, and you get to go out and walk around in the cold and have hot chocolate. And So they're all really excited about it. She picks up the laptop to take one last look at what time the place opens for guests, and she's slapped with nudity. Her husband has left a porn site open on the family laptop. She quickly closes the tab and continues her task with tears in her eyes. The husband knows immediately what she has discovered yet again. They continue their night as planned. They meet friends and go to see Christmas lights. The mom is determined not to ruin the night for the kids. The parents don't say much to each other and the mom focuses totally on the kids and their friends. You see, he has an addiction, an addiction to pornography. This is not the first time, not even the second or third time. At this point, she has lost count. Every time he gets caught, he says he's going to get help and he's going to stop, but every time he doesn't follow through. They did go to counseling early on after she discovered the addiction, but it only helped for a little while. We typically talk about the male in the situation. We dissect them. We try to figure out why they do this and why are they addicted to this and all of these things. But today, I want to approach it from the wife's side of things. How does it make her feel? How does it affect her? Why does it threaten the family? In this situation, the couple had been dealing with the porn addiction for several years. Over the years, the wife had suffered from depression. It wasn't caused by the addiction, but it was definitely enhanced by it. She felt alone, she felt fat, she felt ugly, she felt neglected. So she turned her energy to her kids. Over and over through the years, he chose porn over her. It became a real problem when he was replacing her with a computer screen. 
There were times where she walked in and caught him in the act. There were other times where she accidentally found it on his phone or on the computer like she did in this situation. In her mind, this was adultery. After all, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 28, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Over and over, she had threatened to leave, but ultimately over and over, she had forgiven him. She just didn't have the energy to fight it, to have a career and be the mom she wanted to be. So again and again, she poured herself into the kids and their activities. She told herself that it was normal for men to explore like this. It was okay as long as he was coming to bed with her at night. And sometimes she even rationalized it by saying that she was just too busy with the kids and work to pay the proper attention to her husband. She even told herself that the godly thing to do was to forgive him and divorce was ungodly in her mind. Over the years, she had let herself go. She had become so overweight, she was ashamed of herself and her body. And of course, she knew she didn't look like those girls that her husband was looking at on the computer screen, and she would never look like them. She found herself wondering why she wasn't enough and feeling sorry for herself. But she wasn't the type to wallow in her pity. She pulled herself up and away from the pity party and started working on herself for herself not for him, and she made it clear to him that it was for herself. Through much prayer, she decided that weight loss surgery was for her. She started an exercise program that changed her life, and she focused on God, getting herself healthy, taking care of her children, and her career. She let her husband tag along because she really did love him. He wasn't all bad. He was a good dad. He was a good provider. He helped around the house. He went to church with them. He even participated in church. Overall, he was a good guy. He just had this one hang-up. So, what happened this time when she called him? What happened to her self-esteem? It plummeted. It left her with feelings of worthlessness. She felt like her husband didn't want her. He wanted that woman on the screen. He wanted someone else. Someone she would never be. Someone she could never be. She felt like all her efforts were in vain and useless. Why was she even working out and trying to lose weight? Why was she trying to better herself? But she reminded herself that that was for her and not for him. So she continued the work. But this time, she decided it was going to be different. She made up her mind that she was done. She was done with this relationship and this betrayal. The husband begs for forgiveness just one more time. But she knows she can't ignore the problem any longer. That night, she decided that after Christmas, she would take the kids and leave. She has to wait until after Christmas so that she doesn't ruin it for the kids, doesn't she? Well, guess what? Christmas comes and goes. New Year's comes and goes. Valentine's Day even comes and goes. And she's still there. It's just so hard to leave with two kids. She shifts her focus back to herself and her children. The husband starts to celebrate recovery program and he's making great strides. So she settles into the fact that maybe they can make this relationship work after all. In the end, his focus did shift from porn and worldly pleasure to God and his family. Her focus shifted from kids and career to God, family, and then career. She was able to forgive and eventually move forward with her husband and her family. It did take time, a lot of patience, and hard work on both parts. He had to do the work through counseling and celebrate recovery. She had to learn to trust him again, and he had to prove to her that she was enough. If you haven't figured it out yet, this story is about me. 
My husband and I could not have made it through this trial without God and our faith in Him and His Word. We have done counseling together, and he is definitely a recovering addict. I say recovering because addiction is always a risk. He would probably say he's recovered. But whatever the case, porn is no longer an issue for us. Thanks be to God. We do have a special guest with us today. Yes, my husband, Jason. And I tried to tell this story from my perspective and make it be my story because it's not his story. And I don't want people to think that I'm sharing his story for him. And that's one reason that I want to do it from the female perspective. But also because counselors focus on the addiction. They focus on the person that has the addiction. But what about that person that is on the sideline? That person that's being hurt by the addiction with drugs and alcohol, we have different programs for family members. And with this addiction, because like Rondi said earlier, nobody wants to talk about it. People don't look at it as an addiction. They look at it as a problem. Well, why don't you just stop looking at porn? I think Jason's going to talk to us a little bit more about that and why it's an addiction. Once again, this is Kelty's story. I do not want to take anything away from her story. Growing up, I remember back in the late 90s, one thing that really stuck out to me is I was watching Oprah Winfrey, of all people. They had a sex therapist on there, and she was talking about how good it was to look at porn and to do other stuff as forms of safe sex. I remember it clearly being in my living room at my parents' house. And then I would always justify looking at porn by saying, I'm not addicted to porn. I'm just looking at God's creation. That was my way of justifying it. But, you know, Kelty's already gave us the biblical definition of adultery. Anybody who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his or her heart. And one of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And that look on Kelty's face that particular night, I can tell you exactly where she was, I can tell you exactly where I was when I turned around and seen that she seen that. The look on her face was obvious, and it was instant hurt, shock, and I don't know if you would necessarily call it anger, but the look on her face is one that I'll never forget. I went on my, got on my knees and begged her. God for forgiveness, begged her for forgiveness, and begged God to help me with my addiction. Kelty is a gift from God. She saved my life from addiction. She was stern. She uh, told me I had to get help, so I went to Celebrate Recovery. My eyes was opened at Celebrate Recovery. Just how many people really do suffer from issues of porn. It's not just men. It's women. There were women that was addicts. You know, this goes to both genders. And I, I knew I was about to lose my wife and my family because of my addiction. And it was, I was selfish. And I was too prideful to admit that I had a problem. Like they say, this is one of the things that society today, unfortunately, believes is normal. You know, we're calling this addiction, and one of the early counselors that we've seen 
pretty much threw me out of her office. She's like, you know, you just got a problem, just stop. But it truly is a definition. You can Google what areas of the brain does pornography affect, and it affects the brain very similar to drugs do, like cocaine and meth or whatever your drug of choice is. And I'm going to read an article that I looked up. In contrast, pornography impacts the brain much like an addictive drug by triggering increasing amounts of dopamine. And over time, the brain builds up a tolerance to the excess dopamine and requires either more access or more extreme content, or both, to achieve that same level of perceived pleasure. Actually, over the last few years, some people are calling this a health crisis, which is good. It's bringing more attention to the subject. And so, I mean, your brain is affected just like a drug addict is. It's not that Kelty's not good enough. It's just that my brain thinks that I need it to achieve a normal feeling. The hurt that you see. Your wife may not tell you if any guys are listening or if there's any women. Your husband may not tell you that it bothers them, but it does. So I just looked up some statistics and facts about it and... One thing I found was the average age for porn exposure is age 11. Y'all think that would be accurate? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just because that is the age that young boys start to develop and they start being curious and so mm -hmm. they start looking at that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the most apparent reason... For the rise is the ease of access. Yes. You know, like in the 90s, you had to get like VHS tapes. Yes. And I remember like there were certain video stores, they had like a curtain, like mm -hmm. you couldn't go behind yes. there unless like a, you were 18. Like a black curtain yes, or something you, that you couldn't go past, yes. Yeah, and like I was like, hmm, I wonder what, you know, I always wonder <laughs> what's back there. Now we have it in our hands. Yes. Like it's so easy. And there's but, no way to limit that age either. Yeah. And, like, kids have such, like, they know how to get on the private settings. Mm -hmm. You know, these kids are so smart. Like, as far as technology goes, I would say these kids know more than we do. Oh, yes. Like, yes. they're born into it. So, it's so much easier for them to get a hold of it. And like I was saying earlier, it affects your brain just like drugs do. It, I mean, it's equally as destructive to the family. So on OmegaRecovery.org, it lists some signs of addiction to pornography. So ignoring responsibilities in order to do your viewing, progressively viewing more extreme pornography, which that goes to, like you said, like the, the dopamine. Mm -hmm. Like you want to get a higher, I mean, it's just like with drugs. Yeah. Like you start with marijuana and then you work your way up because you want a higher high. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same or, thing. Or like you do cocaine and mm -hmm. you get that high and then the next time your high's not the same and so you're trying to get back to that first high. Yeah, so you add a little more, mm -hmm. add a little more. Yeah. The feelings of frustration or being ashamed after the viewing but you still continue because like you said like your brain feels like 
you got to have it. And then the amount of time viewing increases. And then using the viewing as a coping mechanism, which that, to me, kind of, um, the only way I can relate to it is, like, sometimes, like, uh, binge eating is, yes. like, my coping mechanism. Yes. So I can relate that way. Or people who are addicted to nicotine, like, if a stressful situation comes along, they go smoke their cigarettes, you know. It's kind of the same thing. And then another sign is unable to enjoy sex without the viewing first. And then there's physical symptoms, dry eyes, strained vision, pain or numbness in your hands or wrists, sleep disturbances, forgetfulness, extreme changes in weight. And then conditions that frequently occur include depression, anxiety, mood disorders, sex addiction, and substance use disorder. One thing that I found that I thought was just really cool, and I myself may look into this if I need feel the need, but there's this app called Canopy, and it's for parents, and it detects and blocks explicit content. This is not an ad. Like, this is not a commercial. They're not sponsoring us, but Canopy, hit us up if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> I just found the information about it and thought, oh my gosh, this is something people should know about um, with your young boys. Canopy can detect when a device has taken suggestive photo, flag it, and then they'll send it to your phone before your child's eyes even see it. And you can approve it or, you know, make it go away. You can set a schedule with screen limits. Um, you can get location alerts. And it works with Android, iPhones, iPads, Apple computers, Chromebooks, any computer with a recent version of Windows. I just thought that was really awesome to mm. keep a good eye on your kids. And I even wrote down the prices. It offers a seven-day free trial and then it's $7.99 a month for up to three devices and then if you get more devices it increases but $7.99 a month is worth it for that peace of mind that right right because I mean there was a time when parents were like oh my gosh I just caught my son looking at this you know and just like brushed it off but I think we need to be more aware that this could lead to a potential problem yes, yes. Well, I mean would you pay eight dollars keep your son from doing drugs yeah absolutely so i mean this is yeah you're absolutely right eight dollars a month just to keep an addiction from forming absolutely well and as you went through those list of symptoms and causes and and all that it's the same as drugs Mm -hmm. i mean just about all of those that you listed i was thinking yeah that goes along with drugs too I guess for me, the hardest thing was relating it to a true addiction. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's not. It's not a drug. It's not an addiction. Just stop looking at it. Yeah. But and it's I, not that simple. I remember you us having that discussion one time. Well, it's just so misunderstood. Yes. And people are just now coming to the realization that social media is an addiction. Yes. Same thing. It's the dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. So, you really, you have to watch it. And this guy brought this up. Of course, I don't know. He was thinking about the Mark of the Beast. 
and how we always think, you know, it's going to be something like, what are those things? Oh, like a chip or A chip something. or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, but what do we always have in our hand? It's a phone. It's like, what is this? I mean, this is definitely... Yes. Well, and like something else about the Mark of the Beast is something about everybody will have a number. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Something. No, maybe something to think about, yes. Something to think about, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course, technology has a good place and social media has a good place. But everything needs to be limited. But as far as pornography goes, I think we need to just, as a Christian, don't even dabble with it. Like, yes. put it in the category of the Ouija board and put it away. Yes. Well, to go along with what you were saying, Philippians 4, 8, which kind of became one of mine and Jason's favorite verses. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. FLfamily.org offers a free online pornography addiction seminar. There's a book called Every Man's Battle, Winning the War on Sexual Temptation, One Victory at a Time by Stephen Afterburn. And those were just things that I found as I was looking that could be a helpful resource for anybody going through this. Yes, and another very helpful resource that we have already talked about a little bit is Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is great. It's for anybody with any type of hurts, habits, or hangups. It can be anything from pornography to drugs, alcohol. It can be self-esteem. There was one lady there because she had an eating disorder. She liked too many donuts, and she would tell you that. And it's it's just an awesome thing. You do a biblical 12-step program just like you do like in AA except it's a biblical step and I mean there is people with any type of addiction from sexual pornography Um, I did a step study and one of the guys in my step study was also a pornography addict so we got to relate look up celebrate recovery a couple of famous people that you may have heard of that's uh, Mac Owens is one guy's name, he is a cousin to the dynasty, the Robertsons. It's Miss Kay's nephew. He's one of the um, big time leaders in it. And he didn't have pornography addiction, but he had a drug addiction. And his testimony is very, very good. I highly recommend listening to his story. When I went to the seminar in Nashville, there was a former stripper who started a church called Triple H Church out in Las Vegas and she ministers to all the strippers and tries to bring them and all the guys people in the porn industry and brings them to Christ and she is a lady of God woman of fortitude she had one lady that if I'm not mistaken she went to a crack house and drug her out of the crack house because she had relapsed she had an amazing story from the sex industry and just how destructive it is for men and women. And I know there's a Celebrate Recovery that meets in Ripley. Yes, it's one that meets in Ripley at the Overflow Church. And there's one, if I'm not mistaken, in New Albany. And there's one 
in the Tupelo area. I do not remember the exact location, but if you're interested, hit Rondi or Kelty up and I will get you that information. Okay, so season three, we have new rapid fire questions. Yay! All right, Jason, if you could give your teenage self one piece of advice, what would it be? To be yourself, but to focus on being what God wants you to be. You know, you don't have to fit in the crowd because once you graduate high school, the reality is that most of your friends will go their own way. Well, mine kind of goes with Jason's. I would tell myself, don't compare yourselves to others. Don't set a timeline. Focus on your own journey and don't wait for happiness to come. Be happy in each moment. Hmm, I agree with both of those, I think. But what I would tell my teenage self would be more along the lines of the time constraints. If it takes you 10 years to get your college degree, it's okay because it's in God's timing. Don't stress over those kind of things and just enjoy the moment. All right, what is the most interesting thing in your wallet or purse? Well, being male, I don't have just a whole lot. You're still a boutique rewards card. Yes! <laughs> I have a Stella Boutique rewards card that I don't even think they use rewards anymore when you buy, but I would buy stuff to surprise my wife and I would get rewarded and then I would give her the rewards card so where she could get her $10 off. But now I just tell them her phone number and it's all, she gets it anyway. Well, right now, the most interesting thing in my purse is I have these facial packets that I brought home from the massage room the other day that I was going to do a facial, and I haven't made it in the house with it yet, so it's still in my purse. I guess that's the most interesting thing in there. Yeah. I guess mine would be a taser. Mine could be my Glock. I mean, that could be... (laughs) I don't know. I kind of feel like everybody carries that kind of stuff these days, so I yeah. don't know. But all I have is my wallet and my taser. If you had a choice to either go back in time or go forward in time, which would you choose? I would choose to go back. One, I would love to relive some of my high school days again and pay more attention in Mr. Callan's chemistry class. I've already made amends, like in Celebrate Recovery, with most of my teachers through from elementary, middle, and a few high school, and they all appreciated that and laughed at that. But I'd love to do some of my high school days again and not make some of the mistakes, such as with pornography. Well, I'm gonna go forward. Not gonna look back, I'm just gonna go forward. Okay. I would like to go back, but not to change anything, but just to watch. I would like to see our parents dating mm. and just see how they acted and what they look like. If my daddy ever talked. <laughs> <laughs> if your life were made into a movie, which actress or actor would play you? I don't have a clue. I think Bruce Willis. <laughs> Vin Diesel. I, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I like Rocky. I'm old school. Give me... He's got hair, though. 
<laughs> Guess he would have to shave his head for the part. All right, Bruce Willis then. <laughs> Die hard. Well, I'm going with Julia Roberts. Oh. Not because she looks like me or anything, <laughs> but maybe because I wish I looked like her. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. She could do it. Yeah. She could be sassy and opinionated. <laughs> Blunt. <laughs> I would say Danielle Fischel from Boy Meets World. Where was your last selfie taken? My last selfie was taken last night at the pizza grocery with my lovely wife, Kelpie. And it's the same for me. Mine was this afternoon on my bed <laughs> with Sawyer sitting on my head. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to you joining us this third season to hear yeah. real women telling real stories serving a real God. Today's episode is sponsored by Massage by Kelty. Kelty Childs is a licensed massage therapist number 1511. Special thanks to our editor and producer, Daniel Rogers, and thanks to our musician, Brantley Rogers. If you love our podcast, like and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Women of Fortitude. Thank you.